Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Before we bring you this week's episode of C4 Podcast, we're starting with a rather somber message, one we really hoped we didn't have to bring you. Um, if you didn't see on our socials or on Twitter, on Friday, 14th of April, um, we lost our good friend, friend of the show, Andy Eide from the Sound of Hockey podcast. Um, listeners will remember that Andy suffered a stroke a few weeks ago um, while covering the Kraken. And very sad to say that he passed away on Friday. Um, Andy was a great person, a great hockey writer, um, a champion of junior hockey, um, obviously a champion of the emerging market in Seattle. He covered the team with a light touch, um, very friendly, always had a laugh, and that laugh was really infectious. He was very kind to us, um, very kind to our show, and, yeah, he leaves behind a just a great void. And we're... Very sorry to all his family, all all his friends, especially uh, John and Darren on the podcast. And yeah, as we always say, um, life is tough and hug your family tight because there's nothing guaranteed in this life. Six point five percent was it? Is is that what the current odds are of the Stanley Cup? Well, and you, if you look at the round by round progression, the Stanley Cup favorite is uh-huh. the Vancouver Canucks. Like what a time to be alive! I- Talking you through every goalie controversy, scoring slump, and draft lottery bust. This is the C Four Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Here they are, the best starting lineup we could afford under the salary cap. Chris, Matt, Anna, and Adam. Welcome to another episode of the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. 
I am Chris at Lightforce, uh, joining you virtually, as always, uh, with my uh, wonderful co-host, Anna Forsyth at A4Scythe03. Um, as you, we've led off with our, our show already, um, we come to you at a very somber time, and I want to say that I wasn't entirely sure I wanted to record a show. Um we we talked, you know, about what we were going to sort of cover leading up to this episode last week. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks were going to be obviously out of the playoff picture. Uh, we knew there would be an end of the scene presser. We had sort of decided like, okay, well, we're going to go into the off season. And, uh, you know, off season mode is a different schedule. But uh, when the news broke on on Friday that uh, Andy had, had passed, um, it was shocking, uh, to say the least. And, and, yeah. and, uh, I know like Anna, when I'd messaged you, um, I sort of got the feeling that you were, you were as, as shocked as me, but yeah, it's just, uh, it, it's unreal. Like I, I think I actually don't know what to think. Yeah. About no, it. it's, it's really tough to face. And like you say, it's not necessarily, we want to be talking about hockey at this moment, but um, some of you may have seen that the Sound of Hockey guys put out an episode of mm -hmm. the weekend, which I think is incredibly, incredibly brave of them to do that. And we thought, well, um, yeah, we've got to keep going. And as stupid as hockey is to talk about, um, at a time like this, like I mattered a whole lot to Andy, so I guess we just keep talking. Yeah, I mean. Hockey certainly mattered to him. Like I, I went back and I listened to the show where he joined us and, you know, within the first two minutes, that laugh yeah. is, <laughs> is just, you know, warming things up. Like I, I, I read the message. Um, I believe it was from his brother on, on the carrying bridge site, but it's yeah. something that you, if you just search on Google or on Twitter, you know, Andy eyed, and you, you see all of the people that talk about how, you know, he was a gentle giant. He, he, he was the type of person that if he asked you for help, you were more than willing to step up. Um, I think it was Todd Luiki had actually, you know, shared that like, no, like if he came and knocked on my door, yeah, this is the, this is the type of guy, you, you know, you move, move earth for and that laugh that, that, you know, you know, wholesome laugh. I, I just. <sighs> You know, we, we had the pleasure with our show, not only to sort of obviously hear that laugh in that episode, we got to see him and like just the genuine joy talking about hockey, talking about the yeah. hundreds, talking about watching, you know, CBC, um, you know, yeah. down, down south, which for me is amusing being that I'm, you know, Canadian through and through and it's all I've ever known, but you know, it, it, it's also yeah. a, a sharp return to reality that that life is so so fleeting yeah and and here we are talking about um the vancouver canucks which in the grand scheme of things is you know something we're we're, we're lucky to do um but you pointed out the sound of hockey recorded a show like john and darren recorded a show and i had up until that point i was kind of wondering like you know do we really want to talk? Like maybe we, we take a week off and we come yeah. back next week. Like I had sort of, I didn't, I wasn't really in the mood. I wasn't, 
Like I still sort of, I'm not like, I don't really want to yeah. talk Vancouver Canucks. I mean, I'm, I'm down about the team, but I'm further down about the fact that, you know, the hockey community in the Pacific Northwest has, has lost a great. And then to see John and Darren produce a show and produce a show where they had guests involved and, um, yeah, I like haven't if, even if, been able to listen to it yet, but the fact that they recorded it is just. Oh, I, I, I saw that I, I, when it showed up in yeah. my pot, my podcast feed, I pressed play. I listened to the first 30 seconds and I'm like, no, I don't want to. Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't have the capacity to consume this episode right now. Um, yeah. and, uh, and I mean, that was, that was during my, my commute today. Um, commuting is when I listen to the majority of my podcast, the amount of time I have. And I just, it wasn't one. That yeah. Could. You can't listen to that in public. Oh man. But, um, yeah. I mean, Andy, I, I regret not having you on our show more often. I regret yeah. not having that opportunity to, to hang with you at a, at a Canucks cracking game. I, yeah. I, I regret not being able to, you know, pick your brain about, uh, the dub more. Like these are all things where I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I should do this. We should have him on. We should find out if he's coming up here, you know, things that, that I think in the broader sense, we take for granted far too often. Yeah. You just think, well, yeah, we'll get to it. Right. Yeah. You don't always have that opportunity. So, you know, so please, if you're listening, you're like, Hey, you know, I, I've really been meaning to talk to someone or reach out to someone or whether it's, you know, someone, you know, someone, you know, close to you and your family, you know, do it, like do it now. I mean, there's, there's no better time than, than, than to press pause right now, pick up that phone, send that email, make those arrangements, stop on by like, cause I, I, you never know when that opportunity may never be possible. I mean, yeah. Anyway, um, let's talk about rewind. So the Vancouver Canucks season has now officially come to a close. When we were recording our show last week, the Vancouver Canucks were taking on the Los Angeles Kings and the Kings uh, had, you know, given themselves a solid lead, but it was mean nothing hockey in the grand scheme for the Kings per se. Um, the Canucks kind of, I mean, the Canucks had mean nothing hockey all week, but where they wound up in the draft lottery, um, and odds there was you know a tie-in so it was somewhat disheartening to see vancouver go and beat the ducks three two and then uh, figure out a way to beat the coyotes despite the coyotes best efforts um <laughs> in uh, in mullet arena where uh, i don't know if you saw the tweet from the saskatoon blades i do uh, not follow them weirdly well no i wouldn't <laughs> suggest you would but it 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 came out that uh, there were more people watching the Saskatoon Blades CHL franchise than you could possibly fit into Mullet Arena down there in in Arizona. Not to yeah. disrespect Mullet Arena, it's a university rink. It's actually it looks pretty good for a university rink in a in a state like Arizona, where I don't believe hockey would probably get a whole lot of dollars. Um, yeah, you know. it's kind of yeah, it's funny like. You do think, like, you watch the AHL and, like, obviously it looks different. The hockey looks different. The rinks look different. The quality of the broadcast looks different. But 
there's not such a huge gap that you're constantly thinking about it. Whereas mm-hmm. when you watch a Coyotes game, there's just like every few seconds there's a reminder where you're like, this is tiny. This place is tiny. Well, the, like the puck goes over the glass and Shorty and Cheech are, you know, bailing because it's coming at them. Like yeah. at, Since when could a pu- press box or puck make a press box? Yeah. Uh, even in the Pacific Coliseum where there, there was actually a multi-tier press box every so often. Um, they would actually block out some of the, the lower bowl sort of seating. Mm. I don't think the puck could necessarily get there. No. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the Vancouver Canucks, they, they got shut out blanked in LA. I don't know yeah. really what to say about the game other than the fact that it felt like the Vancouver Canucks were a team looking at the calendar and noticing they only had a few more days to go. Yeah. Um, I mean, like it's funny, like, with all the Canucks problems, scoring has not been one of them. It's only their second time they've been shut out all season. And yeah, like as bad as they are, um, like getting shutouts, they really haven't been the issue that they've been kept off the scoreboard completely, which is maybe why you can almost trick yourself briefly into thinking that they're a competitive team when they're not. <laughs> but yeah, like it was a very clearly a mean nothing game <laughs> yeah uh, which you know segues quite nicely into uh, the game against anaheim the following night when suddenly the vancouver canucks realized that the calendar only had a couple of games in front of them and pd still needed to get himself the 100th point uh, which he does in the first period on the power play from none other than brock besser who we'll talk about a little bit later in the show um but the Vancouver I mean, Canucks, they, vintage they, was it not like vintage lotto line hockey? Oh yeah, no, it was you know the the stuff of of ages. Um, the problem is ages ago, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know Brock from PD and Miller, uh, Kuzmenko then tallies one uh, to get himself a thirty ninth goal in the season. Uh, another interesting number um, because uh, I think Petey had 39 as well mm-hmm. uh, when the season was all said and done. Also on the power play, special teams had suddenly figured out how to become special again under Tockett. Vancouver Canucks get themselves to a two-goal lead, but in typical Vancouver Canuck fashion, allow the Anaheim Ducks to score two more to tie it up. And I'm thinking, oh, they might lose. And like... I'm not trying to cheer the demise of the team I support. Um, no, but like we're in like an impossible situation. Like we're desperately trying to hold on to the last few percent, like of chance of keeping of getting Conor Bedard, and like. But in the end, it's Anaheim. Like they might, even if you like give them an inch they will not take a mile yeah you know the the fact uh, though that the vancouver canucks um (laughs) did get themselves two points uh i believe that locked them in to no longer being able to be top 10 um in the odds i don't know i i'm I'm now thinking maybe it it wasn't that game but that i think negated (sighs) Yeah, honestly, I can't remember. It was just like, when did I lose hope completely? I think, yeah. But at some point, I think after that, before the Coyotes game, they realized they couldn't 
fall any further. So, yeah. It kind of went from, like, almost meaningless to completely. <laughs> as soon as PD got his 100th point, anyway. Yeah. And, and let's be realistic here. Like, when you were to hear that, oh, they are no longer going to be able to be in the top 10, um, how big of a, a difference is it? They went from 3.5% to 3%. And it wasn't actually, I don't think it was that that win that did it. Um, ultimately, I believe it was the final win. But that, but all, yeah, like in the grand scheme, not a huge difference. But, you know, just a couple spots up and they're three to five percent. Still not a significant shift. But, you know, we were at a point in the season where the Vancouver Canucks were, you know, pushing like nine, five, um, 10 percent, which pretty solid odds yeah it's pretty uh, good and sure you gotta be in it to win it so three percent's better than nothing <laughs> but <laughs> oh that's so sad that we're talking about it as the draft lottery odds like that but yeah there was a, a reddit post where someone had said the chances of the vancouver canucks winning the draft lottery are equivalent to flipping three quarters and having them all land heads they post then went on further to say the Vancouver Canucks were going to attempt to do a mock draft with three quarters, but found they were too short and couldn't afford them under the salary cap. All I right. thought that was some mm-hmm. top shelf jokery right there. Yeah. I'm trying to think cause I don't want to get myself in trouble because as you know, like I cannot math, but like, Every time you flip a quarter, the probability it's going to land heads is 50%. doesn't matter how many times in a row, but I guess mm-hmm. if you're flipping all three quarters of one, I don't know. Well, it's, it, but like it, each, each one, like you're the, it's not always 50, 50, 50, because the odds start to change with each subsequent flip with the remaining quarters. So one, okay. the probability is 50, 50, but you now have three quarters the probability. Oh, the, the probability that, yes. Okay, I get it. Yeah, it's based on probability. Rather than a series. Like, because it yeah. always remains 50% if you keep. Exactly. Playing. Like yeah. one coin, the probability it's 50. Yeah. Well, presuming okay, the, the quarter is, saying. you know, built yeah. equal, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I, I've been reading isn't actually the case, but 50 50. And then from there, though, with each subsequent coin flip, uh, the probability is, is, is shifting. So hence why, like, um, you know, the odds of something improving, the fewer opportunities there are, uh, starts to happen until yeah. you have that one where it's 50, 50. Anyway. Anyhow, I can't go beyond that. This is, yeah. this is like stretching even my understanding and I could be bloody well talking out of my butt here for all I know. In fact, <laughs> I probably am. There. Uh, was it Jim Carrey on SNL that did the, you want to ask me a question? I mean, before my time, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, mm-hmm. Uh, Vancouver Canucks uh, go into Mullet Arena, Cheech's last game. They uh, played an entertaining style of uh, no one really wants to play defense tonight on either team game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Petey got his uh, his 39th goal of the season. Um, Connor Garland scored a butte. Actually, Connor Garland oh, yeah. uh, scored more than just a butte. Connor Gar- Garland scored three. <laughs> got a hattie. Um, it Jake- was kind of like fun, right? It was just like 
because the Canucks were already just like had thrown everything away. Well, like was, Coyotes had too, is it? Well, like, yeah, like it was just like, oh, it felt it like preseason hockey. Yeah. Like, you I mean, know, especially because it was in a weird rink. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Uh, the winner of the Craft Hockeyville USA. Yeah. Um, totally. for, for all that we've gone through, the game was entertaining. Um, we got goals. I mean, how many times have I said, I want to see back and forth, high percentage, high scoring hockey. I think ever since the show started and every so often someone will like, well, do you care if the Vancouver Canucks win? I'm like, well, I want them to win. However, if they're going to lose, I hope they lose in a way that it's back and forth, exciting hockey. They won. So really, that's a bonus for Chris. Yeah. For the fact that, you know, I don't know how that ultimately contributed to that loss of 0.5% chance. But yeah, I've also resigned myself to the fact that Canucks would have had best odds and they would have still the draft lottery gods would have not given them Bernard. Like... Yeah, I know there's been a lot of back and forth on people saying, well, like Canucks weren't going to win the draft lottery anyway, so what does it matter if they win all these games and they create a better culture? And it's just like, yeah, like I don't expect um, Canucks to get first overall pick no matter how good their odds are. Like that is Canuck clock, it's true. But like this is a really good draft and Canucks have played their way out of just like some really elite level talent um that can that's going to go in the top three four picks like yeah anyway um we're pretty used to it by now but um back to the game though um what was your experience of like listening to teacher's last game and like the intermission content and things like that I enjoyed it. I it hearing the like it was more the post game tribute that got to me. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing you know Shorty uh, quite visibly tear up. Oh yeah. And something that Shorty said about him leaving at the top of his game, and that Moore should recognize it, or along those lines. Yeah. I really reinforced that this was a decision that I don't think Cheech himself made completely. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I, I, we talked about this in the last show and, and the show previous to that, that the announcement was how he was no longer going to be involved in the regional broadcast, but you would occasionally see him on Sportsnet, like nationally or something like that. It was weird. Like, you know, yeah. this is the language around that. Like it's, I get that it's being scripted and you're planning for it. Cause this is an obviously an emotional conversation to have at any point, especially with the way she just as a, as a person, um, but I, I, whoever takes over for him is, is, is coming in with massive shoes as to which they need to fill and also has to figure out how to build chemistry with shorty, presuming shorty's back in the booth. I can't see them making a further change, but again, like, yeah. And this is not knocking Shorty. Like, what's not to say Shorty suddenly gets elevated to, you know, the national side of things. I mean, Houston, mm-hmm. that, that's what happened to him. And suddenly Houston's no longer our, our play-by-play guy. So, Yeah. And the thing is, like, Shorty's great at his job. And you can kind of call play-by-play with 
whoever. Like, it's, you know, he's a pro. He's called it with other people that aren't John Garrett, not frequently, but he's done it. And um, they've had people step into Shorty's shoes when something happened there as well. And, you know, they adapt. It's not noticeably worse. But over the course of a season, like, just the things that come out where they just it's just the warmth of their friendship um them teasing each other um them remembering stories from a road trip it's just like the quality will be different it's not like a one game's gonna be like the first game we listen to it'll be weird but it's not like it's gonna be terrible it's just yeah you just feel like you're being robbed of something richer yeah um, if, however, you want to catch uh, Cheech and Shorty, they're actually doing uh, NHL playoff hockey on Sportsnet. Uh, I believe they're in the uh, Boston, uh, Florida series. Yeah. Where, uh, Boston will likely take uh, the series 3 0. Yeah, or 4. Well, do you really need to play the fourth game? <laughs> you at that just point? don't play the fourth game. Um, yeah. Like, if that's not too painful to see Boston just absolutely dominating in the playoff series. Um, yeah. They are still kicking butt together. So good for them. Yeah. Um, before we take a break and get in a half full of half empty, why don't we talk a little bit about the, the playoffs here? Because the bracket's up. Sure. We, haven't, we haven't shared our predictions yet. Um, yeah, I but I think it's my bracket. Um, but I think it's safe to say that we're both suggesting that Boston is beating Florida in four. Uh, or are you giving Florida no. a, a win? Oh, yeah. I'm giving them at least a win. Maybe at, even two. At least? Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying it's at least five games, maybe six, but Boston wins. Hmm. I, yeah. I, I can't if say I, I share put, your optimism. I'm, I'm saying five. Okay, I'm saying four. Okay. Um, I mean, the, they didn't have no fight tonight. Not that I watched it, but just no. Like, and I'm like, I'm sure Florida is going to play every game and make it competitive. But Boston has just been a machine all throughout the season, and oh, there's yeah. no indication that they are slowing down going into but the this playoffs. Is the playoffs, Chris. Is oh, whatever, whatever. <laughs> um, I get it. Just because you're first overall in the league and you only lost like what twelve games in the season. Does not yeah, a champion. Hot, I mean, make. it's hot, hard to see them. Like, I really hope someone stops them, but it's hard to see. I mean, like Tampa was so dominant that season; they got bounced in the first round. But yeah, this is does not look like that. Bo- bo- the boss, this Boston is. You're right; it's not that Tampa. You know, it, we, case in like, point. Like, look at what Boston did to Vancouver and Vancouver's destiny season, right? Tampa has always sort of maintained what Tampa had in 2011 when they've had success. Boston's recipe is we're mean and we hurt people. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's just like, the, I do think it is different. Like, Tampa and Vancouver, they're separate seasons. Um, we're like easily the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. But Boston's just been something else this year. Like, way better than they were in 2011. Way better than what they were in 2013 when they were in the cup final again. Like, it's David Pasnak. Just like, it's just gone from strength to strength. Yeah. It's insane. 
Maple Leafs and uh, Lightning. Um, I have this as six for the Lightning. Um, but then every time I, I, I look at this, I'm like, is this just my dislike of the Maple Leafs? I mean, like, you you keep thinking that one time it's going to change. And really, if it doesn't change this year, when is it ever? But I'm still like. They're already talking about Kyle Dubas being elsewhere. <laughs> like, I mean, I get it. Hockey Mad Toronto. But the conversation is like, oh, depending on the appropriate ownership group in Ottawa, Kyle Dubas might be a great fit. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I that's mean, not I'm, good. I'm picking Tampa in seven just because it's funny. In seven. Okay. See. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could ex- totally go with that too. I just said six because I think seven would probably be too cruel. Yeah, I know. I just find it funny. So seven. Uh, staying in the East, uh, you got Carolina, uh, New York Islanders. Um, Carolina already leads the series one zero, and uh, yeah, sorry Boston, sorry Bo. Um, no. But unfortunately, like they just squeaked in. I'm not saying like that's exciting. That can be create momentum, but like, no, I don't see it. Yeah, I've got. I, I've given it to Carolina in five. Yeah, um, I'll say six. Just, but I, I, I yeah, I don't oh. see anything crazy happening there. And then uh, wrapping up the East is uh, the uh, Jersey. And York. Jersey, that could be that could be fun, hey? Like, so I have I have Jersey in seven. I nice. Just, like I I this in the edge there, they got a Hughes. Hughes, yeah, they got <laughs> double Hughes now. Oh, that's that's true. They got a Hughes's. Hughes's. What happens if you get three Hughes? I'm not trying to awfulize here, but did you hear the story about Quinn Hughes ripping the braces off? I think it was Jack or something like that. No. And I'm just realizing what you mean by braces is the teeth. Yeah, yeah. What? Like it was like it was on. Oh gosh, it's definitely it was, worse than the other one. Well, uh, apparently Luke was telling. Was it Luke that was telling the story, or or Jack was telling the story? But essentially, uh, two brothers got mad, and Quinn ripped the braces off the other. Quinn. I thought it's he like, was a lover, not a fighter. Well, yeah, but well, he, if I he did might, see that game. Well, he might <laughs> yeah. be, but let me tell you, don't don't yeah. cross him because he, he he goes, you know, uh, like honey badger crossed with like Wolverine or something like that. Yeah, yikes. Um, um, <laughs> um yeah. I think it's, I'm going to go New York in seven. Okay. We both got in seven. We're just going with opposite picks. Oh, West. Uh, Avs take it on the Kraken. And I want to say the Kraken. Are I want to say series. the Kraken too. And I, I like what's going for them, but it's hard to bet against the Avs. Yeah. Even though this Avs team doesn't seem as dominant as, as Avs past yeah i just so i'm i I have it abs and six but i really hope i'm wrong yeah uh i can say abs and five and hope i'm wrong yeah uh you got the dallas stars and the minnesota wild um i feel the stars are gonna beat the wild i think it's happening in in five 
Um, yeah, they're playing right now, correct? Yeah, they're tied at the end of two. Um, but yeah, I do think the stars are winning. Um, stars and six. Okay. Are we the, writing this down anyway? No, this, okay. that's what our listeners do. They take, they okay. keep us to, on uh, track. Anders, can you make a list and we can figure <laughs> out who's right? Uh, Vegas and Jets. Um, this is my upset. I have the oh. Jets winning this in seven. Oh, I love that. It's the only, it's really the only, I mean, yeah, I've, I've, you know, hummed and hawed, but this is, this is an upset. I mean, I do think Hellbuck's back. He's back, baby. And I do love that. And I do think Vegas isn't as good as they have been. Yeah. Jets in six. I'll, no, Jets in seven. I'll Jets get in seven. Sorry, I'm copying you, but. Okay. Oh, no, no, that's fine. It's, it's I, very it, hopeful and it's it, infectious. I mean, I, I have no problem with you copying off my homework. Just understand that uh, there's no care <laughs> right? We both could fail. Uh, this series, Oil in LA, I think is also going to be an entertaining one. Uh, I think yeah. the Oilers are winning right now, so that game's they on. Um, I feel that the Oil will take this one, but I think it's going to be entertaining. I got them taking it in six. Yeah. Um, rooting for the Kings, but yes, I think Connor and Leon take them over the line. Um, Oilers in seven. Okay. Entertaining series, though. I mean, six and yeah. seven, those are good series to, to watch. Um, obviously, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, and it's very possible that uh, series may be done, uh, and we'll be starting so, to... So, Boston is the only... You picking Boston to sweep is the only one. Yeah, I, that's the only sweep, only yeah. sweep that I... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I gave it to them in three, so... <laughs> wild i mean like in the ahl um why well, which we'll talk about over in two games yes yeah yeah anyhow uh we'll be back in a couple of weeks check in on how we're doing how our predictions are um i'll probably have misremembered and presumed i got everything right <laughs> um but you're listening to c4 connects hockey podcast brought to you by for the west coverage network and connects hockeyblog.com judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Take hitting out of the game. You can't hit anymore, so don't do it. The unsportsmanlike conduct, I want to get an explanation on that. No kidding. Because how do you get suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct? Plus interference. There's no interference there. He had the puck. Now, Madison never ever did that before. Now, why did he do it? Because he was mad. 
Well, your early favorite for the Calder <laughs> Trophy, that's for sure, Elias Pettersson. You might even say your early favorite for the Hart Trophy. Just to get back to your question, Elias is going to play plenty. He can play. He's going to get a lot of power play time. And yeah, I'm concerned about our offense. We lost 200-point players, and we've got to find a way to score. So today was uh, the end of season presser. Uh, we had uh, Patrick Alvin or Rick Tockett uh, representing the front office. Uh, Jim Rutherford, uh, not to be seen, though, in fairness, the last time we saw Jim, he did sort of suggest that maybe he has to stop opening in his mouth and being in front of the camera because he's too honest. Yeah, and there is the fact that people have been, you know, pretty critical of him pulling the strings maybe a bit too much so yeah. i think it was probably wise to put all out there instead although not like he's great at public speaking but he's maybe better than jim well okay I, I i think it's fair to say he's better than jim but the bar is pretty yeah. darn low when yeah when and jim rutherford's him. better than jim betting but yeah. <laughs> the bar is below the floor yeah and i mean and and uh, with all respect to jimmy he was never the guy you wanted in front of the microphone we've said it all along it's like why do they put him out there in front of the microphone it's just not his place um that's what trevor linden was for but you know y'all let that one go askew um what did we learn from this press uh, conference well brock besser um really isn't getting the votes of confidence not that i would expect him to be getting votes of confidence from this front office. But when you're being called out at the end of the season presser as having a rough go at the start of the season um, with a fabulous final two weeks, and he just needs to figure out how to, you know, fix up his preparation in the off season call out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was a bit harsh. I ruled didn't you like, come on. Well, like, I, I harsh. Yes. I mean, it was the delivery though. Like, is, is this where you're sending the message? And this is not him getting like, it's not like, oh, we've never told the player this. I'm pretty confident they would have oh, had sure. some form of conversation with this front office. Uh, this would not have been a surprise, but to be so candid about it. Like, I don't recall out of anything from this end of season presser where another player, you know, got laid into Without a wink, like Ethan Bear apparently earned a raise. Wink, I mean, like that was that was like, the, the closest to it, and it wasn't even close. Yeah, because I did think, I mean, no problem at all. Coaching staff um, saying that kind of thing to Brock, and even being more, much more frank than that. Um, that's the kind of thing you have to say. But like, especially as one of the like big quotes that came out of the player availability was Brock saying I want to stay here like and you know endearing himself to fans in the process like it did feel like just the wrong fight to pick uh, it like it's not quite picking on Tanner Pearson or something but it's like it's just felt odd it did it, it was there were there were a m number of different ways they could have probably come at that and I'm I'm trying to choose my words well here because I know it would be unfair for me to be upset that they're saying it this way when I would prefer that they say it straight, like don't dance around, let's give us the answer. Um, I just think it could have been delivered more tactfully. 
Yeah. Like, you know, it's, 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 what are they reinforcing by delivering the messages that they delivered today? They're reinforcing their belief that Brock Besser has not prepared like a professional and that if he were to do so, he would be a much better player. A way to deliver that same message is that, hey, we know he's dealt with a lot of adversity, but in the final two weeks of the season, we saw significant improvement. He started really focusing on the right things, and we hope that continues into this offseason. Yeah, and you could say, like, yeah, like, we expect Brock to put in a lot of hard work in the offseason so he can continue to improve. Yeah, That's like, fine. it's just, it's the, it's the, you know, yeah, the part of the sandwich that was served to him was not yeah, exactly. the tasteful one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> but whether he returns like or not, like that's yeah, that's a big point. Does he get a new contract? Um, obviously, he still has. Well, no, Brock. Done so. Oh, I, I. The more that this team does and doesn't talk about Brock, the more it feels like he is one of the parts that's going to be moved. Um, Because a further conversation that had come up is, how do you plan on being creative? And Alvin had said he really doesn't want to use buyouts, if any at all. Which, okay, if you're not going to buy contracts out, you have to find room some other way. And, I mean, Brock Besser, to his credit, looked really good at the end of the season. And so it is possible there are GMs thinking, hey, healthy uh dealt with some adversity he's overcome that um given the right opportunity might be the player the vancouver canucks had always wanted we can do that here would you have any appetite for a brandon Sutter contract you know um a new like, contract at a more reasonable level i mean like everyone loved brandon Sutter when he came back at a yeah, the, price tag. Well, yeah, like the, the, the show me money, so to speak, right? Or yeah. the incentive laden contracts. Yeah, sure. But, but I mean, really what it comes down to is, you know, do the Vancouver Canucks even consider entertaining it? Like, yeah, let's be realistic think- here. This team is not in a position where they can hand out new deals until such time as they figure out how to free up space to hand out yeah. deals. And you're right. So I like I would love to see Brock Besser come back at a more reasonable price tag, but the reality is we have problems more immediate than that, right? Like we don't and have the app, like we don't have the option of paying no, him another two years at his current price tag. We need to. Well, that's the thing, though, is the the six six the six six five is on the books for two more years, right? Exactly. Like, so that's the reality. Is that if he had one more year left on his deal. There might be more yeah. possibility, but like they don't want to pay that six point six when they can harness that space. Yeah, and I, it, you they know, maybe spend they, on something else stupid. Maybe they eat a portion of it to to facilitate yeah, a move, sure. but I, I, I just I think there's more for Brock. If they're gonna if they're gonna trade, like I I understand the circumstances may not allow for this, but I I would like to see. Okay, if you don't think he's had a good off season in his previous seasons of which you know of one and you think he's figured it out. Why not give him that opportunity? And if it doesn't develop, is there a significant loss? There could be like maybe the trade market, you know, evaporates or you, you see him in preseason and it's just, that wasn't adding up and okay. Harder to move a player around that. I don't know. I just, I feel there's an opportunity here to still see if the, 
the Brock that the team had believed they were getting is, is there, I think right. it is, but. And yeah, as you say, like if, uh, um, he starts the season off really well, that could be a great bargaining chip, um, as well. Yeah. Uh, Alvin acknowledged there's holes in the lineup. This sort of then bounced into the question of how are you going to fill them cap, uh, being an issue, um, and then segued into draft picks. So what do we know? Buyouts are bad. We're going to get creative. Not really thinking about more draft picks. We got lots. Maybe we'll trade up. So the thing about trading up is you got lots. You think you've got lots, but you got lots. Then you don't got lots. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't expect a great deal. Like the fact that he's just saying, yeah, we'll get creative and vaguely like not really referencing what that might entail. Just like, we're going to solve the cap problems. Don't worry. We'll get creative. Like whatever. That's kind of what you expect, but it's just like disappointing. You're just like, then are they ever going to get it? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Yeah. The um, let's see. They plan on sitting down uh, with the PD camp, getting a deal done. Uh, PD's agent, on the other hand, is saying, "Yeah, we need to sit down, probably in person." That's never, conf- you know, confidence building. But hey, at least they're talking, right? Yeah. Whatever. You like it's PD. Just well, you throw show the- him the money. Okay. In fairness, throw out as much as you can his direction. However, you did that already and you tied up quite a bit of it um, with a guy named JT Miller, who, if you saw Elliot Friedman's uh, 32 Thoughts, his final of the season, um, he has confident belief as the Vancouver Canucks were asking for two first round picks and a uh, high level prospect or ready to play in the NHL player uh, during deadline. So. Hey, good good on the Canucks for asking for the moon. I mean, you don't ask, you don't get, but, like, <laughs> come on. Um, so, I mean, I, that, that actually then leads me to wonder, if the Vancouver Canucks and Pittsburgh were that close to a deal, and the whole, because the, the smoke was that the Canucks were not wanting draft picks. Is yeah, that, that's why I'm... But then it has me wondering... Is that what they asked for in the belief they were going to flip those picks for players? And Pittsburgh then finally said, well, hey, why don't we facilitate a way to give you the players? Because we don't have the picks. And the player like, but, oh, well, we can't get the players, but here's more picks. But you don't like those more picks. Like, I don't know. It was just it was so surreal to to see that comment. Like, you can just imagine, like, the Canucks just like disregarding an offer of you know better or equal value because it's not what they asked for right yeah. like you can see that happening so um and and the rumor is that the vancouver Canucks are still exploring the possibility that jt miller uh finds his way out of vancouver before his uh his contract kicks in uh, because but once that happens yeah of friends now so why would you want to do that true they um very different but they're friends yes the odd couple so Someone, and this is again, this is on from Reddit, Canucks Reddit. Someone had raised the point that is it possible that when Bo was in the middle, he was like separate, like keeping the players separate. But really what they needed to do is to sit down and find out that they were on the same page. 
Like, you know, where you could be, you could be wanting the same thing, but seeing it completely different and therefore have this misbelief that the other person is working against you when really they're working towards the same thing. Like I, I'm not, I'm not trying to suggest Bo is the problem, but like once no, Bo's right. gone, they were forced to sit down and talk. Hey, you're not a horrible person. Hey, you're not a horrible person. We're <laughs> friends now. Beers. Um, yeah. In my mind, what it's more like is that, um, as Quinn and Petey were emerging as leaders, um, they got more and more like bothered by how JT conducted himself, and they thought that's not the kind of culture I want to build, I guess. And the sort of results and stuff did not help. And then they just kind of they got a new coach, and they just kind of thought, like, you know, F it, if we want to build a future here we're gonna have to get on so i think they're still not like they might say yeah we're friends we're very different we're friends i think it's more like they've reached a kind of detente than anything yeah um something that came out of the the players um presser uh ethan barrett actually made some comments i think it was on radio um but he described when he arrived in Vancouver, what it was like, he described it as a locker room that was very much, uh, everyone's doing their own thing. It's like pure survival mindset, um, no systems. And I mean, if we were to think back, I mean, it was just complete madness. And we've talked about it ad nauseum on the show. It started from like the drop of the puck in the season. And that first after hours where Jim Rutherford saying quite explicitly that Bruce is not my guy on, you know, the national broadcast, but once talk had arrived, systems were put in place. That's one of the reasons you see these improvements. Um, he also spoke to there being, you know, strong leaders in the room and, uh, JT Quinn, PD, um, being them. But then I sort of take stock of what Alvin says today and how there are five to six games out of the playoffs, which, I understand, Patrick, you're looking at the standings and you've done the math in your head and you're like, well, if we had 10 or 12 more points, we're in a playoff spot. That is true. But to suggest the Vancouver Canucks are really that close, I think discounts the fact that you're not going to convert losses to pure wins of those five or six games. Um, You've got some loser points. One or two of them hurts you because you're only getting the bonus point if you were to win them. Um, That's not sufficient. You need the full two, not the plus one. And on top of that, it's who is it that you're actually beating? And I feel that the Vancouver Canucks, for him to say five, six games away, is discounting how far the team really is. It's just the way the NHL and parity is structured. I'd argue the Vancouver Canucks are more like 10 games and when we talk, say games it's the implication of wins of truly yeah. being a, a playoff contender yeah like are they as bad as they seemed at the beginning of the year no like um demko is the player that we've seen at the end of the season like i don't think that's a fluke now that we can mm-hmm. say that he is that level of goaltender yeah um pd is elite jt can be elite um quinn is fantastic but it's not sustainable to play quinn the under those conditions you're talking about he earned that ice time that was insane that was an insane (laughs) comment to make it's just like 
okay, like, if that's your, like, qualification, then they'd never be off the ice. No, no, he hasn't earned a full 60 yet. He's working his way to a full 60. Like, the fact that Quinn led the NHL in minutes over Uh, that Rick Tockett span, like, that's insanity. Yeah, I... Like, this this was not the Calgary Flames who just missed out, like... This is not Nashville just missing out. This was Vancouver who were not going to make it. Yeah. I I would say that we saw this Canucks team last season with under Bruce, who apparently was a coach who provided absolutely no systems, no structure, and, um, you know, despite best efforts, found a way to, you know, create energy in a building devoid of it. Um, I'm not saying Rick Tockett isn't the better choice for this team in the moment. But I'm not building on, oh, look what we saw this team do in the yeah. stretch. Yeah, like, do I think they're better off under Rick Tocca? Yeah, it seems to work. But mm. <laughs> it's not, they're not, it doesn't change who they are. Yeah. Like, at their core, at their DNA. Um, you want to talk about Tanner Pearson? Oh, gosh. This is... It's so sad. He... He came out. He's he said that you know he's not getting into it, but those who need to know know what's going on. Um, yeah. He really liked that you know Quinn spoke out uh, because that shows the the leadership and a guy who understands the importance of those around him in the locker room and standing up for his team. Which I think again that just reinforces why Quinn gets to see next season. Um, yeah, that's that, bad. Right. Um, I. I Hearing Pearson talk about the situation as he did, then it it's like, oh, I don't mean. Patrick Olivine can't come out and simply say our, you know, human performance staff needs a a good shake or something like that. Like they com- it was completely new. At the same time, when asked about this, his response is that, oh, the first year staff worked really hard and the players responded really well to them. That's something we're talking about though, is to see if extra people will be needed. So you're either admitting that you understaffed the group, which I don't think is what he is doing there, but not acknowledging that the Vancouver Canucks are still a team dealing with, you know, uh, hockey related injuries at a much significant, much higher clip than many other teams. Like it's interesting that the one person who looked at this with a different lens was Mike Gillis and really tried to find ways beyond human performance, the staff themselves, but working with the league to reduce the impact of travel and what have you. Yeah. Well, everyone loved the sleep doctor thing, but like he was trying to, it was the marginal gains thing. He was trying to. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I'm genuinely curious, like what were the, you know, player games lost during the Gillis years comparative to what we've more consistently been seeing from the organization now? And, you know, someone out there, oh, there's just a, the team was just luckier. I mean, you lost a Sedine, um, for a good portion of one season, you lost Malhotra for yeah, was, a good portion of that season, the 2011 season, like 
and Malhotra Mal was like you can say Malhotra, Daniel Steen were different players after their mm-hmm. injuries. Um, I think Oland at one point, or was it? I mean, with Gillis, but even then, Edler, like there was always there was always a significant you know injury here and there, and those will occur. But then. The, like the subsequent injuries around it. And again, I, I don't know. I don't have the stats. I'm curious if anyone has actually evaluated that. But it just came across to me as if Alvin was was trying to simply provide a, a, a PR answer. Yeah. And I will say, like, beyond what's happened with, like, literally medically with his hand, it's awful. It's just so awful. And Hannah Pearson seems like such a nice guy and he's a family man and like the fact that he can't you know perform like you know can't be a dad in the same way he wants to be because of his well, hand I, that's awful yeah and that was the part that really pulled my strings is that like he he has moved beyond returning to hockey at this point his priority is like i just want to be able to i mean be yeah, a dad like, like when derek dorsett was talking about i want to be able to pick up my kids ah oh. But yeah, I will say that I think the way they've handled it sucks. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not speaking necessarily about the injuries like itself. You have to figure that out and they need to figure out what the blame is and what happened there. But like the fact that Tana Pierce has just disappeared from consciousness, like Brandon Sutter was around a lot last season. He wasn't playing, but he was around a lot. Like Tana Pearson was just never there. They, he got like a bump well, does, in the. Does he like? Does he no, want that exposure? Right, but like the fact that they stopped talking about him, like oh, the team. Well, yeah, the team. The team has quite clearly moved on, whether they want to acknowledge it or not. Which, sorry, that sucks. Like he might have got like a bit more of a starring role after Bo was traded. He got more of his clips in the pregame. Um, video but like that was by necessity i think they've just been handle it really shoddily like and i feel very sorry for tanner pearson and um yeah i hope he's able to play hockey again i hope he's able to you know do everything at home that he wants to do yeah and i mean i'm jaded here but when you look at the vancouver canucks are they considerably upset that his 3.25 is ltir not at all. I, I I feel that that you know this is a team that has become accustomed to having LTIR as a you know budgeting option. Yeah, which is sad and raises other issues. But I can't knock the Vancouver Canucks um, when there's worse offenders out there using LTIR to build their alumni. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, honestly, like. In other circumstances, you can't blame Vancouver. They're, you know, about to say, playing the hand they're dealt. They retract that. Mm-hmm. Something more suitable. Um, but, yeah, I think the way that they've handled it sucks. And if there is a way back to hockey for Tanner Pearson, I hope for his sake it's not in Vancouver. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think it would be. As, yeah. And it's just different. Like Mahaltra was not going to be in Vancouver, but the Vancouver Canucks quite clearly like, no, nah, man, we don't think. And honestly, I, I respected that. You should play. And I mean, Mahaltra is like, no, I think I can. 
I don't feel with Tanner, this is what they're looking. I think Tan- for no. Tan- Tanner is wanting to pick, like, I want to pick up my kid. I want to play with my kids. I want to be a dad. I- this isn't the guy that's like, I'm focused on returning to the ice with everything yeah. that he's been going through. And I, we still don't know everything that he is having to go through and had, will continue to go through. Um, you put this question in the, the rundown, how we, uh, <clears throat> the season, you dropped the nest there, but maybe that was a Freudian slip. Maybe it was. So the word was assess, but when you drop the final S, it's something entirely different. Yeah. I, to me, I look at the season as it's a, it's a failure in so much that you didn't make the playoffs and you didn't put yourself into a better position by the end of the season to go and build a playoff team in the off season. Yeah. I mean, I'd 100% agree with that if we're to look at things in a positive way, as we know we're very positive people. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, yes, the systems look better under Tocket. The gel, the, yeah, the players seem to gel with him. Canucks will be better next season. but Hopefully. Hopefully. But the thing is, does it shift the needle enough without significant surgery, etc.? Which is still something they think they're going to perform. How? Who knows? I mean, I, I, hey, offseason, crazy things can happen. Draft, crazy things can happen. I think leading up to last year's draft, my expectations that change was going to occur were very high. Leading up to this trade lad line, expectation that change is going to happen, very high. None of that occurred at any point. And now I'm sitting here thinking, whatever, I have no expectations. Good luck. Best yeah. of you, best of luck to you to pull off the miracle you think you can, you can pull off. Um, I did appreciate the message from JT Miller, Elias Peterson, and Quinn Hughes, though they're right on my mailbox to thank me as a fan. Oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't play that yet. I'm sure it's going to be really heartfelt. It very heartfelt, genuine. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like all of them, like. Bo was obviously the worst offender. I don't think he's pitched his voice ever in his life, but like Quinn Hughes. No, like to make it clear, we're not knocking the three guys doing it. It's just, it's just, I can't imagine people worse at doing that. Like, yeah. I mean, just from throwing back to PD's, I'm a fan of these things advert. Yeah. No, not so great with the injecting emotion. No. Um, speaking of playoff hockey, though, the Abbotsford Canucks have uh, some playoff action in front of them. Uh, I was actually contemplating making the long drive out there to watch a game, but then I talked myself out of it uh, very easily uh, because it requires a long drive out there to watch a game. Um, we, we should make it happen, though, if they get beyond the first round. Well, so the first round is a best of three, um, mm-hmm. all in Abbey because – Sucks to be the team with the worst record. Uh, granted, Abby was in this position last year, so exactly. So you know, and against the, the exact same team, yeah. the Bakersfield Condors. Like it is kind of fun that it's like revenge hockey, even though a lot of the players have moved on. But. See, the, the problem with making a trip out to Abbotsford though is that I'm not going to be able to do that during the week because yeah, I have it's the work problem, and you know, yeah. putting a perspective. 
I live closer to Abbotsford than you do, and it is still a heck of a long trip for me um, to make happen. Yeah. I think I've got to make it happen on a weekend if they um, – but not in the first round. I, there was a brief moment where I considered the weekend game, but no, I'm not doing it. Well, I, um, that's the one I contemplated because I think it was, it's Sunday, is it not? Yeah, Sunday is the if necessary game. Um, oh, and then Friday was the other one. Yeah, so it's yeah. Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, I was trying to think. I knew there was a weekend game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Friday was what I had con- I thought, no, not, maybe Sunday. Well, why would I want to do that to myself for a Monday? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's brutal. But like, if it's a proper Calder Cup run, yeah, I'm like, got to see something of it. I will say I'm excited. Um, I was excited for Absford Canucks to make the playoffs in the first year as a franchise. It did not go so well. Canucks barely showed up in California for their two games. So I'm a lot more hopeful. Obviously, a lot of the players who were up in Vancouver are down again now, practicing today. Christian Willanen, first team all-star, Christian Willanen. Um, Nils Hoglander is playing really well. Um, Paul Colson should be playing. Um, He had a medical appointment. Yeah. I'm I'm curious by that type of information being released. What, I know what exactly is going on, but hey, yeah. Also, um, Rip was at today's practice, so obviously they're going to do great. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's some really exciting players. Jet Wu is playing really well at the end of the season. They've had a few like players kind of filling out their back end. Who's who've honestly filled up really well. Like um, Jatari is one of their newer acquisitions. is playing really well. Um, yeah. I'm trying not to get my hopes too far up because last year sucked. But yeah, I think, I think they have a real shot. I think they're in a lot stronger position than they were at the end of last year. Okay. I'm going to hold you to that in two weeks time. If they're not playing. Yeah. I'm going to take you to task. For getting my expectations pumped up. Yeah, sorry, but uh, yeah, no, Jolson's back in the lineup as well. He's over whatever injury slash sickness, so um, he should be playing. He didn't have a medical appointment. No, but yes, he has not played since he came back. So um, we'll have to see how he does for that. But yeah, I, I think. They are playing good, exciting hockey. They finished the season with a series against Calgary Wranglers, who are the best team in the league, by like by a way. And they went toe to toe with them and um, shut them out. So they did lose their last game of the season against them. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah, they're a good team. Okay. Well, two weeks time we'll talk. Speaking mm-hmm. of two weeks time, that's when we'll be back. We've referenced it a few times uh, in this show. We are now into our off-season schedule, which if uh, you were a long-time listener, you know uh, in the early days meant we just disappeared for the summer. Um, but in more recent years, uh, it just means we shift to a um, every two-week um, show, at least through to the start of the next season or, or close to it. Um, what that means for you is when you tune in next week, there's no C4. Uh, but in two weeks' time, there will be. Uh, what do Anna and I plan on doing this summer? Good question. 
I don't know. Um, Covering the Calder Cup run. Guess so. Um, you know, in past off seasons, we've tried to to get some guests to join us to talk a little bit about uh, different topics, different things. And I think this summer will probably be more the same. Mm-hmm. We always, you know, talk about having like a C4 social in the summer and then come September, mm-hmm. it happens. Um, maybe this time it's in the summer. I don't know. Summer, summer. Yeah. But, um, uh, well, I'm also not disappearing for six weeks in the summer. So No, you're disappearing in May. Yeah. Which is better. I guess. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, if you have an idea of what you want to have happen, let us know. Um, Better yet, if you help us make it happen, (laughs) that's awesome. Um, I I was actually chatting with a friend who wanted to know like, hey, Chris, how do you manage, you know, all the podcasts you do? And I'm like, I had this idea that I would record a Canucks podcast before I had a daughter. Then I had a (laughs) daughter and seemed to think that time doesn't change. I was wrong. So. Yeah. It's a whole thing. But yeah, we'd love your ideas, what guests you want to see, all the what topics you want to hear about, and we'll shape our guests and episodes around that. Um, yeah. But yeah, as always, we're going to keep the conversation going in Discord whenever we're not talking to you on an episode. Which can be found at discord.io slash C4 podcast, or alternatively, just go to c4podcast.com and click the little discord icon link in the top right-hand corner. That'll do the trick just as well. Um, want to support the show? Support.c4podcast.com. That allows you to sign up to our uh, buy me a coffee, otherwise known as buy me a pint. And uh, you can contribute either as a one-off where you buy us a pint or two, uh, contribute on a monthly basis or commit to us for a full year and uh, get a slight discount on the the month to month rate. Um, All money that you provide to the show goes back into it. Ultimately, it covers the costs of our recording platform, hosting, all of that jazz. Um, All the ads you get to hear on the show mean absolutely nothing to the bottom line here because we get none of the money. Um, No. Someone asked me about that. Well, why do you have the ads? Good question. Um, there is a long story there, especially considering how our network changed and what was supposed to all take place. Maybe sometime uh, we'll be able to get in touch with the guy who currently has our show hosted so we can have a reckoning. But yeah. Reckoning. Yeah. Long story. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna, any final words of wisdom? Um, I think it's just been a, it's been a really tough week. Um, so as always, like, I mean, the message doesn't change. Life goes really hard sometimes. So please just value who is in it, value your loved ones and yeah, take the time. Yeah. Um, you said something on Friday where you said you were glad that I was in your life. And I responded by saying, I'm glad you're in mine too. And I don't think we say it enough to each other. Um, but also to our listeners, I'm glad you all are, are involved that you talk to us, that you engage with us. Um, I've had an opportunity to meet uh, a good number of you and I value each and every one of those interactions. Um, 
And I, I, I have yet to learn this lesson despite being taught this lesson far too many times. Um, but it is very important to never take time and people for granted. So on behalf of Anna, a 4 3 myself, Chris at Lightforce, this is the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast uh, from the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com with We Outs.